You're listening to the Over a Drink podcast, the podcast dedicated to normalizing normal men talking about normal things, putting purpose to pain, turning men into soldiers, and weaponizing testimonies. I'm Mitch Parsons, and I am your host. All right, Over a Drink podcast uh, episode. I should really count because I, the last four episodes have been like, I don't know what episode this is, uh, but we're in the 20s somewhere. Um, honestly, I have a baby now and numbers just don't matter to me because I, I don't count them because it's sad. It would be sad the amount of, if I had to count hours and times of diaper changes. And so just, I just disregard numbers. But um, we are recording my f- second podcast now post baby. Um, and it's... I'm really excited. Uh, it'll probably be the last one in this format, being that you're not looking at us, uh, which is really, I'm doing a disservice to you guys because I have a very good looking guy here in my in my room, uh, not in my room, <laughs> in my office. Uh, and he's one of my, well, I, he's a friend now. I mean, he's always been a friend, but he's a mentor, uh, I would say. He was like my spiritual leader through high school. I used to do Bible study at his house. Um, He was telling a story that his girls, who are now 16 and 15, which is crazy, um, used to like run and jump on me when I was a junior in high school. And now they have their license, and that makes me sad. Um, But Coach Bransma, Bill Bransma, um, hey, Coach. Hey, Mitch. <laughs> um, so I didn't really give him a heads up. I never really give anybody a heads up. So I don't know what we're going to talk about today. I'm pretty excited about it uh, because Holy Spirit will be heavy in it. Uh, and I trust that being that I know who is across from me. Um, Coach, you have a minute. No, let's say 40, 45 seconds to a minute. You're getting on an elevator to introduce yourself to mm, whoever's listening to this. Um, and when you get off the elevator, that's what the foundation of who you are that's how they know um 45 seconds ready go awesome yeah bill as he mentioned bill bransma uh, grew up in a small town and and went to school to be an accountant and started that professional world but my heart was always teenagers god put it on my heart to love and to speak into teenagers and so i've been coaching uh, this is now my 20th year coaching high school basketball and i stepped away from the corporate world 14 and a half years ago and now now teach and just get to do what I love to do and that's spend time with uh, spend time with teenagers uh, blessed to have an incredible wife uh, we've been married 18 years and I have three incredible kids as Mitch mentioned two the older ones are daughters and then my youngest is a 10 year old son he, he was too little which is he's 10 now mind you but he was born in December you said of my junior year yep yep uh and that's a memorable year because Coach actually um, coached us, helped coach us. He was the assistant varsity coach at the time um, to a state championship. And so yeah, uh, big year. fun year. That was yeah. a fun year. Now uh, he's at Lutheran and he just like very humble. Coach is very humble. He will never, but he just like nonchalant. He's like, this is the first time in seven years that my team hasn't been in the top ten. And I'm like, oh, so you've always been in the top 10. And you, you won state last year, right? Yeah, I won state last won, year. And took second the year before that. Uh, it had been a couple years before that. It was, uh, it, I'll tell you the fun part of it, Mitch. You, I don't know if you remember this. When, when I was hired on at Lutheran, yeah. there was a comment on Facebook when they posted my story. And it said, good luck with this group. 
um, doing anything successful at Lutheran. And you posted in a comment, you said he'll win it within three years. <laughs> and that rang in my mind because our first year, we just exceeded so many expectations, lost by two in the state semifinals yeah. and finished third overall that year. But then on year three, uh, we upset the number one team in the state in the semifinals and had a chance to win the state title. I just kept ringing in my mind. I'm like, is this really going to happen? Did Mitch really call this? And it didn't happen, but it, it's been it's been a great run. I Honestly, that's the thing. I don't remember doing that because I just – it literally just was like, duh, to me. Like, <laughs> guys, you have to understand that uh, Coach Bransma – it's weird calling him anything. He's not, he hasn't been my coach for 10 years, but I will never call him anything other than Coach Bransma. Um, he is one of those – guys who here's the thing is like he probably doesn't have the greatest athletes on his team being that it's just the nature of the demographic of where you coached at a private private christian school but he has the best kids on his team because he demands that like he teaches character he teaches um teamwork and man i had an attitude and coach did not put up with my attitude uh he broke it um, which is great, and I'm thankful for it. Um, well, the b- biggest thing for me is I, I tell my kids all the time, I, it's not about them. And as soon as they make it about them, then they're going to have a tough time on our team. Yeah. And I, I just believe collectively when you get a group of kids that, that come together and wor- work the way they do, um, you know, we're, we're going to put ourselves in a position to win a lot of games. And, and yeah. fortunately, we've been blessed with it. You know, certainly I've had some good athletes coming through the program before. You had, but You had the number one. You were just talking about the number one. Yeah, well, last year, yeah, he's he's number two in his class from ESPN um, in in the country. But he'll he'll he's pretty big time. He's I think he's trying to figure out where he wants to go. He's going to go visit Kentucky here pretty soon. But he's been offered by Kansas and Baylor and Arkansas and Auburn. And I mean, the list, list is really yeah, long. But everybody else. Yeah, it was country. fun. But uh, I tell you what, it, it was all about him his freshman year. And, and we really struggled. And I could, I, could, I could expand on that story for, yeah. for a while, but I won't get into a lot of details. And uh, Lord, Lord really led us through some conversation and some difficult conversation uh, between he and I. And last year, he just came in and was an incredible teammate. He was given mm-hmm. the most high fives. It, he made it not about him. And uh, again, to see God work and show up big. And, and that's mm-hmm. that's was the prayer going into that year. And, and again, uh, another story for another day, but uh, to see the way God showed up in his life and, and knowing that he wasn't even a Christian and yeah. knowing that basketball was certainly his, his main passion coming over from Senegal, Africa. It, it was it was awesome uh, to see that change, and, and certainly I think a big reason why why we had the year we had. Yeah, and th- like he is basketball ends eventually, uh, and he will be better off for the rest of his life with the time spent that he did with you. Yeah, and, well, I appreciate it. Yeah, and that's man. I um, as we go into this, uh, there's so many different places we could run, uh, but I want to kind of leave it up to you. I, I um, and the the mission of this podcast is to weaponize testimonies. And uh, who am I to say that a testimony has to be a weapon has to be one way? And so there are many kinds of weapons. And so we're gonna. Uh, I'm just gonna say, hey, coach, what what's on walking in here? this morning like what's what's the lord teaching you in your life uh how how can you take i love the the saying putting purpose to pain or like um putting like i'm I'm gonna come up with something good here not right now but like like not even pain but like something to struggle like something like to the to the to the grind or to the mental um 
mental like war that happens. Like let's put purpose to it. And that doesn't necessarily need to be your testimony from A to B to C. It could be, Hey, all that's cool. And it happened and it is testimony to God's goodness, but I'm, I can't get out of this right now. I can't get out of, I'm sitting in F or E and, um, A, B, C, D, E. Why did I go backwards? I don't know. But, um, yeah. So, what what's what's going on like when i say hey what what do we want to talk about like what's the first thing that comes to your brain uh the first thing that comes to my mind you, you're gonna laugh at this i'm gonna come back to your question i promise but oh, I, I gotta tell i gotta tell a listening audience uh, your your story about your junior year and kind of how this played out for us winning that state title so mitch if if you never watched him play basketball mitch, mitch's strength wasn't shooting and Mitch was an athlete. Okay, and, I would. I'm a three point specialist. But yes, you guys gave me so, permission at one point to start shooting threes. So I need to go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, clear, clearly they myself. weren't trying to win. Uh, <laughs> but Mitch used to shoot one legged fadeaway shots every day in practice. That's all he would shoot because he knew I was there to play defense, rebound, and and finish balls under the rim. And so uh, he he would shoot one leg fadeaways. I'm like Mitch, you're just wasting your time. You're never going to use that. You're never going to use that. And we got into Dakota Ridge. We're the we're the one seed in that pool. They're the eight seed. We're down ten with about two and a half minutes to go, and somehow we battle back. and And there's there's a free throw. Mitch gets a offensive rebound on the baseline and shoots a one legged fadeaway jumper to win it. Basically, at the buzzer for us to yeah. advance into the into the Sweet Sixteen. And so it was uh, just just crazy to to see that. That's probably for sure <laughs> Mitch's highlight. Um, no, of, I'm just kidding. Of my life. That is literally, <laughs> I have not taken off my Letterman since that day. Um, <laughs> yes. I, He's still wearing it right now. I'm, right now I'm wearing my Letterman. Um, no, that was actually, it's funny because um, on that day, Reese Elliott's dad uh, coined the name Mitchie the Kid. Um, and that became my Twitter handle, my Instagram handle, everything up until like a year ago where I finally told Jess, I was like, Babe, this is the story behind this, and I just need to like <laughs> let it go. I'm Mitch Parsons now. I'm no longer Mitchy the kid. Um, I never. Uh, anyways, um, enough about me though. I, yeah. It was a good. It was great. We we had that was that team had uh, what would have been three three D one guards, right? Brandon, Josh, and Corey. Corey, and then um, I was a D one football player. We had Keezer. Um Reese Elliott would have been. Um, yeah, he would have had chances to go play. Yeah, if he wanted to. to. Yeah, um, we, had, we were stacked. It was a fun team. Yeah, uh, no doubt. Well, let me get back to your question. You were talking about what, what's kind of God teaching me right now. I think it's uh, I think it's been awesome um, to, and I wouldn't say struggle. I, a lot of my testimony, I, I don't have I don't have a unique struggle where uh, God had me buried and and pulled me out of it. My a lot of mine has been I've been really blessed to to have parents that taught me to love Jesus, taught me to love others, uh, raised me in a church. And so my whole thing's been a lot about conviction, uh, living, living out who, who God called me to be, and at least my understanding of who God called me to be. And so, you know, may, maybe that's enough of a testimony in and of itself for those that are struggling with that to say, well, I don't really have, I don't really have a story. I don't really have a testimony. And the truth is you do. Yeah. And the fact that you, you've allowed God to, to be at the center of who you are in, in as many ways as possible. Has it always been that way? No. Um, have there been times when I've made it about me and, and lost sight of, uh, the fact that that God's at work in me for sure, and and that comes out and that plays out in ugly ways, um, e- either in my marriage or as a parent or as a coach, 
you know, there, there's a lot of ways that that happens. But, you know, it's been uh, it's been an interesting probably six months to a year. And, and really where I'm at, you caught me at a unique spot. I er, Earlier this week, I had uh, dinner with, with a friend and, and we just were talking about his daughter and her process of, of trying to get recruited to go play college lacrosse. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things he, I loved his perspective. He just talks so much about the first and foremost for him and his daughter as they began to talk through this process was they wanted to honor God, mm-hmm. whatever that looked like, whether that meant she would ever play lacrosse or wherever she went, first and foremost, am I honoring God and what I'm doing and, and how am I going about this process? And it was just such a reminder uh, for me uh, with, with my kids. I, I have three kids, uh, really blessed to have an athletic wife, so my kids are athletic. <laughs> and so... Mind they, you, okay, Coach... Coach is one of the more competitive people that I've met. Uh, he, I actually joke about it. He is um, one of the best shooters that I've ever seen. Um, but people, I shot uh, like fifty percent from the free throw line my junior year, and I don't know year. if you remember it's a good this. Year for you. It was a great year for me. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this. You made me every day during summer workouts shoot free throws. To the, until I could leave the gym with my eyes shut, shooting 10 in a row. And I shot over 80% my senior year from the free throw line. So, anyways, Coach, coach when he says his wife is athletic, Coach is, he does just fine. Anyways, continue. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, wife is definitely, wife's tall, I'm tall. we got tall kids. Uh, they, they love sports. But what, what we're battling with is, I've got my two oldest in club volleyball. A lot of times their powers are on Sunday. Um, they're practicing two to three times a week. I've got my son. He's in club baseball. He's playing club basketball, and he's also playing on a feeder team with basketball. And so he's he has three to four to f- different practices each week and games on the weekend. What that result? What's that resulting into? Is you know. It, are, are we doing the right thing? Are we prioritizing churches on church mm-hmm. on Sunday mornings? Are, are my kids seeing that God's number one, or that He's a part of our journey, um, or is He leading our journey? Is He number one in our journey? Is He the filter by which we do everything? And and so I've really wrestled with that. And and even as I began with my oldest, thinking about putting together letters and trying to send it out, and the possibility of trying to help her in what she has as a dream to play college volleyball, you know, to to come back to that idea that that is God first and foremost being honored in this. Each week when I do send out a weekly email to my parents of communication of what the week looks like and any important details, I, I include a spiritual thought. And uh, each Sunday I sit down and, and I put together this spiritual thought, send out the email, and, and I'm always amazed at how God's just put something on my heart, wrestling with, and I, I'm pretty honest and transparent in those. And it was interesting last Sunday, coming off of a couple Sundays where, um, you know, we hadn't been in church because of... of club volleyball. Uh, we, I haven't, I hadn't spent because of the busyness of everything going on and ramping back up in the season and illness and holidays and everything else. I hadn't been spending time reflecting and meditating and praying and, and just trying to, to hear God's word. And I sat down to write this spiritual thought and, and for the first time in seven years of doing it, I I had nothing. Mm. Um, I, I didn't, I, it felt empty to try to do something because then I was just trying to search for some passages of scripture to maybe put together some words that that would be beneficial to them and and the truth was I just decided I would be transparent with them wow. that that I had nothing um, that in in the gaps and the distances where where I didn't 
wasn't drawn near to God. You know, and James it says, draw near to God and God will draw near to you. And and I wasn't doing that. And so I wasn't feeling it. And and I hope that in some way that some parent was reading and realizing the same thing, that we get so busy pursuing the things uh, that we we believe all to be good things. I mean, yeah. we want to be there for our kids. We want our kids to experience whatever it is, the activity they're doing, but to, to struggle and realize how quickly the, the thoughts and the things of God maybe have not been first place and maybe yeah. moved down the list quite a bit. It, it that was that was pretty that was pretty humbling for me mm-hmm. and and convicting. And so um yeah, that's that's really kind of for me where 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 I'm at right now is trying to figure out how do how do we balance this so that at the end of the day when my kids lace it up for the last time and they put their shoes away, yeah, will they pursue God and realize their identity was in him and yeah. not in the support in which they were competing mm-hmm. at. Which is really hard. Being, being someone who because, man, I I don't envy parents of athletes. I mean, I don't envy. I mean, pa- parenting is hard. I'm learning, and I'm I have a baby. Um, and because I was on that end of like, I didn't go to youth group on Wednesdays because I had practice, and I Sundays were championship days for any basketball or baseball tournament. Um, football season Sundays were off. Um, but more often than not, it was like, I'm not going to go. I'm tired. I like, <laughs> like, yeah, and so I get that tension because you also, you, I wouldn't have been in a place, um, just the way that sports are competitively, like to go to play D one f- sports or any level of college sports at this point to make the high school team. Um, if I wasn't there on Wednesdays and if I was not playing travel baseball or like, it's just so uberly competitive that it's like, so the fact that that's a tension that you have to manage is, um, it's real. And, I, and I'm sure you're not the only one. I know that you're not. Um, but I love what you said. Um, actually not what you said, what you did, because I think that from being the position that you have as a, um, a, a leader within your school and a leader of your family and um, a, your team. And it looks like from the outside that you have it pretty well put together yeah. and you always have something like encouraging and edifying to share. And it has got to be, so it, it builds equity and trust with all the people who look to you as a leader for you to be like, Honestly, guys, I don't have it right now. Like, I don't have it all put together, and like, I'm like, I'm like wrestling with that, and like, I think that that's like the the hardest part. Like, as I sit and listen, I'm like, that's what this podcast is. Is like, I think that societally, societally, there it goes. Um, people believe that they need to present this togetherness of like, I have it put together. No, you don't. (laughs) You're really good at hiding that you do. And maybe you do for a season, but there is no way that you can keep, like, we live in a broken world. There is something that's going to happen that's going to put you on your butt. Um, And and I I think it shows uh, if, as to not to offend somebody that may be listening, I'll be honest, I think it shows up most in church. Hmm. As sad as that is, we all have experienced those Sunday mornings when the ride to church was these kids may not make it without being tossed <laughs> out the car. They may just beat the crap out of each other in the yeah. back of the car. And, 
And as soon as you walk up and somebody's greeting you, everybody's got a smile and we're all put together and we go sit and maybe we elbow each other a little bit up in the up in the seats. And yeah. as soon as we get done with that, boom, we're back down and everybody's smiling and, and everybody says, you know, hey, good morning. How are you? Oh, we're fine. And and we mask behind the word fine, that everything mm-hmm. is fine because I don't I think somewhere in, in everybody's busyness and everybody's junk that they're dealing with, it, you you realize that people uh, would rather say fine and move on than to realize that if they actually bore their burdens with somebody, you know, if if you were Mitch to say, hey, coach, good morning, how you doing? And I'd be like, you know what, Mitch, I'm really struggling. And 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 I laid that out for you. You'd be like, well, I'm so sorry. I'll be praying for you. Yeah. Recognizing, too, the likelihood of maybe the fact that they would pray for you because they never followed up with you. I always find that, you know, if I legitimately do end up, if I say I'm praying for you and I do, I'm in I'm excited to see how God worked in that situation. Yeah. So I'm going to follow up. And so it's too often the evidence of somebody not actually following because they don't follow up. They, they didn't pray. And, and so maybe they don't even want to bring it up again because they might have to bear that. But the, the whole idea of, of being masked and, and uh, you know, we, we, we pretend we need to hide behind something. We don't, we don't want to either claim our story or claim yeah. our struggle. And, and I think that's where I've, I've been so um, encouraged by you. Uh, both in your your drawings and and your writing, you know whether it's just a simple post about yeah. something that you've struggled with by doing this, uh, people we we need to be transparent with each other. We yeah. recognize we all have a story, we all have a struggle. Um, God's at work. It, it's not evidence that God's not part of who we are. Yeah. It may just be evidence of the work God's doing in us. Mm. And we're never a victim to those circumstances. We're never a victim to our story. We're a victor over it. Yeah. And uh, one one of my favorite. One of my favorite books um, that I have my leadership class read on fire, um, one of the quotes the author talks about, he, he, he was dealing with burns, but he said, you know, the scars that I bear are just evidence of wounds that have been healed. Mm. Yes, you see the wounds. Yes, that's been part of who I am, but it, they've been healed and God's doing a work through that and in it. Mm. And uh, I think that's where you know, for, for you and as you talk about the, the struggles or even the, the shells, the things that we try to yeah. hide, I think if we were more transparent with each other in that, recognizing we're not all perfect, because we yeah. all know that we don't. But man, I'm sure not going to share it with you because one, I don't know that you care, and two, I don't want to get hurt again. Yeah, and I think that that's super important. Thank you for your kind words. Um, I I I not I don't think that people need to do it at the because what I do is dramatic. <laughs> I'm not not you know, like it, but it's on purpose. Like I want it to be kind of jarring that it makes someone uncomfortable to read. I want that's my goal. Sure. Um but because that discomfort jar like provokes and instigates movement. Um and that's what I want is movement, but like move towards like one person. If if you because you walking into church and your greeter who um honestly they might be going through it too so they ask you how you doing and you say oh not that great like well they're not doing that great either and they don't really want to get into it so they're going to pat you on the back and say oh, i'm praying for you and and that's that's their job but like what if we like what if that was homework if you're listening to this like find one person that when they ask you how you're doing and you can say i'm good because the greeter is then now responsible for greeting the next person that comes in the door. They don't have the capacity or like the time to sit down and be like, let's sit down and actually talk about like why you're not doing well. Um, 
or have a community of people that are able to do that. Um, I wonder what that would look like because I actually, I was praying. Um, Jess and I have a prayer board that I'm looking at that we write names down and whatever it's, we call it shotgun prayer. Um, cause whoever comes to our brain gets thrown on the board and then we go, why did they, why did they come to our brain? And, and then we pray for what we know about them in that moment. And then we know to check up. Um, and we were praying for my dad and I was like, it's so hard for men in their fifties to make friends. Like they, like they have jobs to work. They have, well, my dad doesn't have, well, he has kids and now grandkids, but like for you, like for you to carve out time in your day, week for men in community, I can't imagine how hard it is. And if you have it, then like, that's amazing. And that's a blessing. Um, because you have practice and practice and then a game and then a practice and then, Oh, also be a husband. And then also like teach and then coach. And then your boys are, um, you're a, you're a lead, you're a pastor, you're a coach and a pastor, um, to these boys. And so now also make time for yourself to build community and to have, cause you, there are things that you can't bring to, to your wife because I, I mean, I'm sure you could, but like, it would be easier to talk to another dude about it. Um, mm. Or, and that's hard, but like maybe not you, but maybe you, but like if you're listening to this, like find community, like find community that you can talk about not being not fine. Cause a lot of the times I feel like fine is the most universally used word and it is the most inaccurate hollow word that you can use because in reality you're either great. And a lot of times there's a, there's like this uh, juxtaposition of for some reason, whenever I'm great, Jess is not. And I don't want to go share with her. Look how good I am. Like, I know you're going through it, but look how good I am. And vice versa. Like she, she had a huge win at work this week. Um, they recorded a new album and so much of me wanted to be so excited. I had a really hard week. And like, so she comes home and I'm like, I'm so happy for you, but like, I am like not okay. Um, like, I wonder what it would look like if you had someone who you could be not fine authentically with. Yeah. I, I think, you know, that you talk about the community piece. The other thing that, that comes to mind in that, that I try to constantly remind myself, I feel like I'm probably in, in my own junk the most when I, when I turn it about me. And oftentimes what I have tried to learn to do is go seek out somebody else and listen, be intentional about their story, uh, be intentional about listening to them and, and hearing them. And it's, it just forces me to really have to get outside myself. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's like one of those, when you're really feeling down, feeling dumps, go serve somebody, hmm. right? It just forces you to, to take the focus off of you. And, and, and to that point, you're talking about Jess coming home and having that big win. And, and there's, there's this stuff that you're wrestling with and you want her to come and spend that time. But you know, as, as you step forward and be like, Let, let's let's champion you in this. Yeah. Let's let's take away because, you know, I want to I want to I want you to feel celebrated. I want you to know I want I'm I'm your biggest fan as your as your husband. I want nothing more than for you to succeed. And and that's a rough thing to do, especially to to be honest, if I could as as, as a male to see see your wife succeed and maybe doing yeah. things that are bigger, more notoriable than what you're doing. And and that's what I've experienced. My my wife is incredibly intelligent. She's a great leader, great businesswoman, and she's had a lot of success in her business. 
And it's, it's, it's selfishly, I'm like, well, I want to go create something. I want to have some recognition in that. And at the same time, to be able to step back and realize I'm doing what I'm doing because God has created that in her and allowed her um, to look at me and say, I want to support you in what you're passionate about, mm-hmm. not what's going to make the most money. And so, you know, it, it is that it is that that element of um, people want their stories to be listened to. I, I, I've used the word a lot this year in practice, and I, I just wonder if it isn't God being intentional with me, but it, it is that word intentional. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, we'll break down huddles we'll, before practice or whatever and be like, I want you to be intentional about everything you're doing. There's a purpose. There's a reason for what you do. And my my family jokes with me, they'll call me the mayor mm-hmm. of Parker because they, I can't get out of church without talking to a bunch of people. I can't leave without talking because I just feel like God's brought them through my path that day for a particular reason, not because I want them to hear about me, but because I believe I want God wants me to ask about yeah. them. And uh, I, I remember listening to Caleb one time. There was there was a pastor sharing a story of a man that went to a Starbucks and put up a sign said, I'll, I'll buy coffee for anybody that'll sit down and listen to my story. And nobody sat down all day. He went back the next day and he put up a sign. He said, I'll, I'll, I'll buy coffee for anybody that will sit down and share their story. Mm. And he bought coffee all day long. See, people, people, people want to be heard. They want to be listened to. They want to be able to share their story. And, and the truth is, you know, some people, when it's, when it's super intentional about it, like making it more formal, they're scared to death to share their story because they don't believe their story is going to have impact over what you want them to do. But in the informal setting, man, they'll share that all day long if you ask the questions, if you genuinely care, if you genuinely follow up. And, you know, it just, just knowing that they've been heard, knowing that they uh, have been seen and noticed. You know, I, I tell my leadership class all the time, I, I, I've heard this to be true. I, I, I've not experienced it or read it as statistic, but one of the number one things that people who have considered suicide and not gone through with it, one of the number one things that happened to them that switched their decision not to go forward is somebody smiled at them. Hmm. A simple smile a, to, to know that somebody noticed me. I do have value. I am, I am seen by somebody else. And, and I just, there's, there's people all every day to just walk by and say, Hey, good morning and smile. And Hey, I love, love your shoes. Like why we we've, we've turned this, like made this an awkward thing to just encourage or throw out a compliment. It's easier maybe to throw out a sarcastic remark or, or something that can throw a little dagger just to maybe make us feel better to, to hope that, you know, it was, it was received in the way it was supposed to be received instead yeah. of just genuinely uh, pouring into others. So, you know, I, I just, uh, I would encourage anybody listening out there that's really struggling uh, with, with themselves is, is maybe turn it around and just go listen to somebody, just go focus, put that focus on somebody else. At the same time, I uh, would never want to um, un- undervalue what you said to find that, find those people in your life that you're able to share yeah. with, that you're able to be genuine with. There, there's incredible value in that because, we need to share our stories too. We do need to yeah. share our struggles. Well, here's the like, uh, you're in a you're a financial background. Um, I think that when you invest in, because you can, like you're saying, go talk to other people, serve other people. Um, we have I have a few friends who they're in seasons of life right now where they need to make withdrawals. They need to collect dividends on their investments because for years they are the most servant-hearted people that I've ever met. They're investing in people, investing in people, investing in people, investing in the church, investing in their family um, with no expectation of anything back. Um, But now they... I wonder what it would look like if you were to 
Because to me, it, it I think there's this like, exp, like, because what you're saying is so valuable and so good. Like, because at some point you're gonna have to say, hey, I now I need you guys. Yep. Like, n- like I need like, and the thing is that people do it so easily because they know who you are. They know that your heart has been investing without like, like, without the the without the expectation of a return. Like it's, it's not necessarily even investing. It's just, I think it's, I don't know if there's a word for it, but like it's blind investing in the fact that like, I might not ever need to call on this investment. Like maybe, like maybe it's like long-term care where like you, like you start investing in like maybe one day I might have Alzheimer's and and might need to go to like a, a mental um, like help care when I'm older. I hope that I don't, uh, but I'm going to keep throwing money there in case I do. Um, and that's truly like what loving on people is. It's not that you, you do it for any reason, but like, I think to my, my friend, Mark Ray, he is, um, the most servant hearted person that I've ever met in my life. Um, and he he has invested in our church since the beginning. Um, he was a gentleman. I was the gentleman. Mark, you're a gentleman. Um, that ha- his son has uh, epilepsy, um, and right now, it's he's learning to allow himself to withdraw from all of the investments that he's made because there are so many people who are like, Mark, you've loved us so well for 15 years. Let us love you for this season. Um, and th- that's what you build by like, you don't know, you don't know, like you said with suicide, like what, li- like what does it cost you to smile at somebody in the lo- in the lobby? Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't cost you anything, or to like hold a door for somebody and smile. And or my favorite thing is is like, I don't. I kind of actually I do do it on purpose. I don't mean to toot my own horn, but like if I see a, a high school kid or a middle school kid who very obviously like is wearing like big socks that are like out like he's doing it for like please see my socks i will dude your socks are so freaking cool dude like i love your socks and just to see his like someone noticed my socks like what did it cost me to say i love your socks nothing but he walked away saying an adult noticed my socks and his whole week has changed like um what did, like what would that look like if I just love what I, I, I feel like a teacher because I keep giving out assignments like like make community, but also like what if what's one little thing you could do today? Um, like Coach Brands was saying, like you're put you if you're listening to this and you don't have a, 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 a faith, a foundation of faith, that's OK. Um, but if you do, then you have to believe that God divinely put every interaction that you have purposefully intentionally um what can you do like to wrap it back to what coach Bransmore was saying is like to bring glory to god in that specific circumstance and that is so hard to do yeah. <laughs> uh that's so hard to do because we have our own junk well we do and 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 i think uh you're talking about one of the one of the best lessons that my wife and i had a chance to learn was when we were latter part of engagement early on in marriage we, we took a Marriage Plus course, and what an incredible blessing that was for us. Uh, but one of the things that it talked about was, you know, when you have a kid, when you're, when you're switching jobs, these big events that happen in your life, 
that cause your ship to be totally upside down. And to as, as you've shared and, and anybody listening on this, where it feels like your ship's upside down, mm-hmm. is it's okay. Like to, to continue to try to operate out of an empty cup mm-hmm. is hard to do. And uh, to, to seek out people, um, to go, go to them. And, and to say, I, I just need your prayers. I need you to listen. Um, I, I need to figure this out in the season of life. I don't need to keep trying to achieve X, Y, or Z. Yeah. I simply need to get this ship righted. And, and that might mean a two-hour nap because you've been up all night with a baby that was crying, had an upset stomach, and, yeah. and you're exhausted. Um, trying to figure that out with, with your wife, uh, you know, and when you guys are just trying to balance what does this look like to have this responsibility now in our life with this kid and so you know just just know in that season of life um it's okay to mm-hmm. to to take a step in the direction of getting your cup filled because it won't don't just don't stay there right yeah don't, don't allow yourself to continue to stay there go go seek out the people to get there and and be able to turn that mm-hmm. back around where you can give and operate out of that full cup instead yeah. of a totally empty cup and that's where i'm at right now i think we talked about that is like the picture I see when you say boat, I love that. I feel like right now we are in this place of we're sitting in a canoe and there's a hole in it and we are exhausting ourselves trying to like with a little cup, like scoop the water out so we don't sink, scoop the water out. When instead of addressing the hole and then being like, oh, we patched the hole. Now let's scoop the water out and then we can move forward. But like we are, we're trying to find rhythms of getting back into full-time work with a baby and how, how does that work? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> Jess and I had a like full transparency to everyone who's listening. Um, showering with a newborn when you have a newborn consistently is hard. I like, I just, and I had this breakdown mental breakdown the other day. We both were like, I was like, I haven't showered in three days. She was, I haven't showered in four and I'm covered in breast milk. And I'm like, you win. But also why is this the standard for us? Like, because like by the time the end of the day comes, we put her down. It's like, do I shower or do I like take the sleep that I'm about to get and sleep wins every time. And so then you wake up and then the day start like, and so we are learning to have to find and put in ways to patch the hole instead of just constantly. And so that's a, a good word. Um, thank yeah. you for sharing. That. And, and just based on your hair, I could tell you haven't showered in a few days. <laughs> Actually, no, I'm here's the thing. It's, no, but uh, no, that's not a joke. Um, I, I have a mop for hair, um, curly and thick. And the, the product that it takes to maintain it is pretty greasy. It's like, it's, but I had a, a customer facing zoom call where I had to make it look like, and that was yesterday morning and I didn't shower last night and here we are today morning. And, um, I still have that product in my hair. And so I look like a homeless person when it comes to my hair and I like it. I can put a headband in. I'm working for a man bun. Uh, but when you have thick curly hair, it takes a lot longer than than to get to that because everyone who has long straight hair can just pull it straight back. Mine tucks into little pigtails and it doesn't. I'm at a I'm at nine months right now and it does not look like I've been growing my hair for nine months. Yeah, no, it's it's coming in nicely. Thank you, Coach. Yeah. I, it's like your hair. That's yeah, your hair. it's thinning. Yeah. Mine, mine's mine's leaving. Um, but no, you know, here's a quote. You're talking about talking about the boat and the and the ship that that just was coming to mind as we were sitting here. Is 
you know, I read it recently, and many of you maybe have already heard it or heard a version of it. That a boat boat doesn't shit doesn't sink because of the water that, around it; it mm. sinks because of the water that's let in it. And and mm. it's that idea that sometimes I think when we have it, when we have that that hole, or even when we're in a canoe and we feel like we're in the midst of a storm, and there's water around it, what are we doing to protect? Us. What are we doing? What are you and Jess doing to protect yourselves in the, in the midst of this? Are you committing to too many things? And so you're just, you continue to wear thin. Or are you going to yeah. protect your time and, and stay focused on what Benny needs right now and in, in yeah. this stage of her life? And so, you know, we, we all, as we talked about opening this podcast, would have been struggling with, with, with the busyness of the kids and the youth sports and everything that's going on, um, whether now in mid season two, right? The expectation for what, Watching film, breaking down film, rewatching our game film, preparing practice, running practice—you know—and all the other myriad of things, you know, all that, all those can be good things. They can seem like good things until we start letting it too much come in, yeah. and we begin to realize our ship's sinking, and mm-hmm. and we got to protect to keep the water out, and and the world will keep telling us that's what we need to do. That's the right thing. It's a good thing, and I think to to step back and say, God, what is it that you want me to do? What is it that you're trying to get me to understand in the midst of this? And just to, to, to really protect the heck out of mm. your boat um, to what, what God has to not, to not allow too much in. Yeah. And that takes a, that takes introspection. That takes a, a that takes you, t- t- I love the boat analogy, so we're going to keep running with it. But like, I feel like you don't, you, you don't pay mind to the lower parts of the boat. I think about the Titanic um, when your eyes are like, so focused on like i'm i'm a mover and a doer and jess is a beer um and we constantly clash with like i'm like we got stuff to do we got to keep going boom 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 keep my eyes like that way like i want to see where we're going and if i don't so often all of a sudden you're looking where you're going and then you turn around and you go oh crap the entire hull of the ship is flooded how now you have a mess to deal with instead of managing it before it gets there and that's what i'm not good at is i am so proactive in every other part of my life that i then have to be reactive um on my personal side um and that's hard to do especially because as a man i feel this uh pressure to provide and so it's like what's the next thing that i can do to provide and um then it comes back to things that i've preached from the beginning of like my job is to provide as a husband first and a father second and um, not as a financial breadwinner or um, I don't know. Um, So you got me thinking over here and I'm mad at you for it. Um, (laughs) um, So you, how, how has it looked for you, because you talked about, I think the, one of the bigger things that I resonated, and we haven't even talked about it, but like you've taken a back seat to your wife being a star, um, is kind of how you framed it. Was like, like in a in a in a in, yeah. a, in like she is like, like you said, like I I left this job to pursue something that like I might not be getting the the recognition that I used to as this big time businessman. Um, I used to be like, and you can kind of, I don't want you to speak to it, but you know, like 
at, in high school, it was like I was the all-American football player. I was the homecoming dude. I was um, then I went to college, and I was the college. I was the football player, which people all automatically are like, "Oh, you play football? Cool!" Like I was Mitch Parsons, and then I got married to my wife, who is far and away more talented than me, far and away just a better human than me, and I have become very comfortable with, but it took a second to be, oh, you're Jess's husband. Yeah. And it's like, I no longer was Mitch Parsons. I was Jess's husband. And I love that title. Like right now I sell gloves. My wife is going, like we leave on Thursday to Arizona because she's going to lead worship at a conference for thousands of people. And, um, she has in, I think it's close to in the hundreds of millions of views, um, on Spotify or plays on Spotify and Apple of people listening to her sing. And like, I sell gloves, <laughs> but yeah. like, how has that been? Uh, because pridefully I'm like, well, I want people to know who I am. Yeah. I don't, I mean, and that's gross to say, but like, I think it's human, but like yeah. you've lived that now for 14 years for, you said you, you left the corporate world 14 years ago. No, I was in corporate world for 14 oh. years. Yeah, I left a little over seven years ago. Okay, I was going to say, originally yeah. your timing, and, I was like, and, you still... I mean, you still have... You said you tried to get rid of it, but you're still Mitchie the Kid, so I don't want you to lose <laughs> that title, ultimately. Pretty soon you're going to be Benny's dad I'm, yeah. and all, all the different things. I'll be things Benny's and, dad, and then, and then I'll be that guy that's dancing in the back while the cute girl leads worship on stage, and why does he have a baby in this loud auditorium? But, um Yeah. yeah. And realizing she's singing great and you're not dancing great, so it's it's a rough it's a rough battle. So basically, my but, future is bright. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's it's an interesting thing, and and I, what I would encourage somebody in that because to to say that I didn't wrestle with some of that, even still wrestling with the fact of what I'm capable of, and maybe not doing. I, I stepped away for those that uh, that are listening and understanding the business background. Um, I, I worked really hard at, and gave everything I had to the business world. Had worked in a matter of 14 years uh, up to the title of a CFO. I was CFO for a mid-sized company here in town. You know, I was paid like a CFO. I was bonus like a CFO. I had an incredible job. Uh, things were good. There were a lot of days I stared out the window wondering, what would it look like if I just worked with teenagers more full time and followed my passion? Mm-hmm. And Tara, and, and being so gracious, I mean, she she is in so many ways doing what God's wired her to do and making an impact and, and making an impact for the kingdom because of that's what she does. And I think we lose sight as a society because we, we're told who we should be, how we should look, and we fall in the line of, well, as, as, as a male, I should be the primary breadwinner. I should be earning more money. I should be providing if I can give my kids everything they want. And the truth is your kids just want you, so stop trying to mm-hmm. give them everything they want because they want you if, you, if, that, if that's what you're sacrificing. And so, you know, what, what I've really learned over the last several years uh, in that is, you know what? God, God's wired me to to love and work with teenagers. God's wired me to to speak into their lives and into that age group. And there's not many jobs that I'm aware of that often provide significant amount of income. Is that possible? Sure. Are, are there people out there? And man, if that's awesome, and and you have an insight for me, you can uh, re, get 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 my contact information. <laughs> but the the truth of it is, I think rather than sitting back thinking this is who I'm supposed to be, or I'm wrestling with the fact that my wife's in the limelight to, to sit back. And what I've had to resolve is to understand God's using me in the best way he created me to 
be. He's the creator, so he can he can do whatever he wants with the created. And that's ultimately what I want to be is I want to be used most by him Mm -hmm. in the space that I'm in. And so is there, is there that wrestling? Absolutely. I'd I'd be lying to you if I said, no, man, I've, I've loved it. That that Tara's done all this and, (laughs) and I don't really have a title sometimes, you know, it was easy when people said, "Well, well, who are you? Who's Bill Bransma or what do you do? And, and well, I'm, you know, I'm a coach, I'm a CFO. And as soon as you throw that out there, like, oh man, you must be smart. You must, you know, been really successful and all those things. And now you step away from that. And they're like, you know, for a couple of years when I, even when I wasn't teaching there for a couple of years, who are you? And I I don't even know. I, I don't, I don't have that. That, that was hard. And, And it still is because I often think about there's got to be ways I can make more money to relieve some of the pressure for, for Tara and, and those kind of things. That's always, I mean, yeah. as, as blessed as we've been, the financial pieces certainly is always a struggle of, of how do we do the right thing. Yeah. Um, but to, to come back to, if I, if I really were being honest, is, is Tara in where God has her? Because you know one thing that somebody's really convicted me and taught me a lot over the last couple of years, um, a mentor of mine is, you know, are are you asking God to join you where you are? Are you seeking God where He is? Mm. And so, therefore, when we seek God, He can begin to do more in us in such a short period of time than we would ever be able to do on our own in a, in, in a lifetime. And so, um, yes, the struggles there, the yeah. the wrestling with that. But where where I've found resolution and where I found peace in that is to know that God has me uh, in a position to be used by Him. And so, don't tie where he has me to fame, to limelight, to a certain identity other than right where, right where he wants me. And so if that's where he's got me, then God used me in ways you, I never thought were possible. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. I, I, it's, I think if we, I, I think a lot of faith is perception or like perspective of like, we judge our success off of our worldly view of what pers- of what success is. So, like, are you judging your success off of like this is what, what truly like this was a landing point for me because I love the the role that I have. I had a I had a um, a moment in the nursery the other day, and it's the second time I've had this moment because it's funny how God has to bring you back to things. But like the first time I had it was like. I view Jess as a weapon, like a weapon for the kingdom. I am too. Um, we all are. But like, she's like a dual-handed broadsword where she's just like hacking at people. And like, when my quiet time, God is like, I, I, you are a sheath right now. Like, your job is to protect her and to keep her sharp and to like allow her to be wielded in the way that I am wielding her. And I was like, I'll be the sheath. Like, that's great. That's awesome. Love that. Um, and then recently, um, again, I was sitting in the rocking chair holding a baby that would not stop crying and like at home working, trying to work my job <laughs> that the Lord gave me that I can sit home and be with the baby um, and be paid to essentially do that. Like I can take phone calls with a baby. I can do emails with a baby. Um, but I was like, God, this cannot be it for me. <laughs> like it cannot be my, my, it cannot be sitting in a rocking chair, holding a baby. And like, how selfish is that of me? Like to be like, oh, you don't get to spend time with your baby all day, every day. And finally, like I literally heard, and maybe not an audible voice, but like it was Holy Spirit. Where it was like, 
I have you where you are right now so Jess can be where she is right now. And she was in the recording studio recording a song. Um, and like your job right now is to be a dad. And I was like, okay, my job is to be a dad. Like maybe it's not forever. I mean, I'll be a dad forever. But like maybe my job won't only be dad um, forever, but it'll be for right now because Jess is doing what she's doing. Um, and so, yeah, it's, I, I love that you are able to, I don't know, your, your perspective on it is just, um, great for me. So thank you. Well, and, and I just wanted to share this. We, we'd actually talked about this before we started the, the podcast and, and pulled it up. I didn't pull my phone out just yeah. so I could ignore no, what I, you were saying. I thought, I you, were, I thought you were getting bored of me and you put up. <laughs> yeah, I had to uh, check, check the time and realize, no, I'm kidding. It's, um, you know, you're talking about being, being in the nursery with a, with a crying baby and, and the struggles and the things that we face. And, and uh, I, I've been reminded of this quote. Of, I was able to share it in my spiritual thought mm-hmm. for, for a week and, and realizing, because sometimes we're like, what, what am I doing? There, there's got to be more to life. There has to be ways that I should be doing something else. God, what, what are you trying to do? And to, to come back to this quote, um, because what, what you just expressed was an encounter with God of saying, God saying, Mitch, this is where I need from you right yeah. now. I don't need you to go try and be this or that. I need this. Yeah. And it was this quote uh, from, from our pastor at, at church. He said, when we go to the desert, we dance, not because we desire the sorrow, but because we relish in a new way to connect with God. Mm-hmm. And when you sit there in a rocking chair and, and you're just praying that Benny will go to sleep because yeah. you're like, oh, which could, can she just stop crying and I can lay her down for a nap because my emails are piling up. Yeah. I can't take a phone call when she's crying. Those kind of things. In, in, in that perspective of what we want, and then we look back, and as I would say now with with my kids, you know, I would give, I'd give a lot of money yeah. to be able to one more time rock them in my arms and yeah. and to just look at them and to to see that 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 when we're in those moments, we dance to say, yeah. God, you have me here for something, and it doesn't make sense. God says in the Bible, my my ways are not your ways, and my thoughts are not your thoughts. For my ways are greater than your ways, and my thoughts greater than yours. You know, to so for us to try to figure these things out in the midst of those moments on our own, to me, I, I think is silly to to for us to step back and say, God, what is it you're trying to teach me yeah. in this? Let let me reveal something new about you in the midst of this. Those are the experiences. That's the knowledge gaining that just continues to allow God to pull from later on yeah. and create that connection with somebody who's going through the same thing. Yeah. And that that's what's powerful. Again, going all the way back to you, you know, asking me to share a bit of my story, or you know, in, in many of these podcasts, yeah. you're asking people to share their testimonies. Yeah. I'll say I'll say a bunch of stuff today, and there will be there will be listeners that are even like this that, that was didn't do a lot for me. Yeah. And there may be one or two. I praise God if there is that say that's exactly what I needed to hear. And that's the beauty of each of us sharing our testimony, each of us sharing our story. Uh, it, just because I don't have a place where God took me into the pit of battling with addiction or, or any of those kind of things um, or loss or significant tragedy it doesn't mean that somebody didn't need to hear the story of there's still struggle. Just because I still feel that yeah. or, or they're battling with something, it's okay because my story may connect with somebody that somebody else's won't. And yeah. so that that's the beauty of it. But in, in all of it, I guess what I wanted to, to share in that to, to anybody listening is, is just, God, what are you trying to teach me in this? Hmm. I, I want to dance with you in a new way and see hmm. you in it. And, and I think it, it changes, it changes our perspective 
uh, big time. And, and as you, you use that word just a few moments ago, perspective, yeah. and the truth is perception is reality. Yeah. But when we have the perspective, um, it really when our identities and the one who created us and understanding that, that that's what Overcomer uses that, it, it changes our perspective. In the movie Overcomer, that's what he says. It, it changes our perspective. And, and I, love the, I love the quote. I've been talking it over this week a lot with my leadership class. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Hmm. And when you're sitting there, all you can think of is, Benny, you got to stop crying because I, I don't even know what to do right now. I, I, I want to help you. I'm hurting. I need to do other things. I need you to fall asleep. All those. And when, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change, all of a sudden, like, man, just listening to your anguish, I can imagine how much God hurts hmm. when he sees me in pain, when he sees me hurting, yeah. to know that he just wants to get it resolved and he wants to speak into me in that. Hmm. You know, all of a sudden that changes your your willingness to sit there with, with, with Benny and, and to want to just encourage her in the midst yeah. of that rather than being so frustrated with it. So, you know, I, I think that's, uh, that w- the, the more mentally st- tough we can get to, to step back and say, how am I looking at things? Mm-hmm. I got to look at things different because again, if perception's reality, maybe just maybe I need to look at things different. Yeah. Wow. No, that's, that's really good. Um, and I kind of just want to end it there cause I, I don't want to add to it. Uh, because it doesn't need to be. So, Coach, um, we we could talk forever, and truly I probably For will sure. have you um, on again at some point uh, because the the podcast is going – there's a lot of new things in this new year that I have dreams and visions for, and I have people who are offering to help. I am creative, but I am not gifted in anything video. I am not gifted in anything lighting, um, but I'm, I'm wanting to do that. Uh, I don't know why. The Lord has just put it on my heart. Maybe I've been dreaming about it. I'm like, okay, cool. That's cool, but I don't know how to do it. Um, but people have been popping up who are going to help me do it. And so um, things are going to change, and I would love to have you on again here. Uh, the honor. Because um, this was – I am so excited for uh, – truly, I'm like, Jess, I need Jess to come home so she can just listen to this podcast episode that we just recorded because um, I'm stoked about it. And so, Coach, thank you. Um, Thanks for having me. Oh, well, thank you for sharing your wisdom and parting um, wisdom and encouragement for me. I walk away from here, um, which is not a surprise that a conversation with you, I walk away convicted and challenged and things. Um, that's just what you do. And so I appreciate you. Um, if you're listening to this, uh, man, this podcast, as of right now, and this is another thing that might change, who knows, but I don't I don't really invest a whole lot into it as far as growth and marketing. Who I, I um, I rely organically on you sharing it and um, giving it to people. And so if this was something that you listened to and you enjoyed it, uh, I would love for you to share it with your friends and your family. Um, man, Coach touched on it, and I didn't even tell him this, but if one person hears this. Hey, we, we talked about how with one smile can change someone, for, can can flip somebody from taking their life to no longer taking their life. Um, I believe that there that this is one podcast that one person could listen to and it could just change things for them. Um, and so maybe you are responsible for sharing it with that one person and so be bold in doing that. Uh, but until then, until that time, uh, until I guess next time, uh, peace. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of the Over a Drink Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Over a Drink Podcast and on Twitter at over underscore a underscore drink.
reach out and send me a message. I'd also like to encourage you to visit our website at theoverdrinkpodcast.com and sign up for our email newsletter. We're working on weaponizing testimonies here on this podcast, and that isn't exclusive to those who are on the podcast. I'd love for you to send me an email at overadrinkpodcast at gmail.com with a written version of your testimony. I'll put it together in a blog format, and then we send it out to everybody on that email list. And in an instant, your testimony will become a weapon. You never know what God is teaching you in your story that may affect somebody else's story. Finally, I want to invite you to join me in supporting this project. There will be a link in the episode notes to a platform called Buy Me a Coffee that will allow you to partner financially with the Overdrink podcast on a monthly or one-time basis to help move the mission forward of reconfiguring societal norms of what a man should be. Keep an eye out for our next episode. Peace.